Hello and welcome to Omnitious Podcast with your hosts Brian and Vlad. Today's episode will be an interview with one of your fellow students, Nick Lee, on the topic of podcasting. We'll be discussing podcasting best practices, podcasting equipment, and interview tips and tricks. Enjoy! So with us today is Nick Lee. He is a student in the OMSCS program, a sales engineer at Adobe, and a hobbyist, podcaster, and photographer. So Nick, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself outside of the OMSCS? Sure. Thanks for having me. As you mentioned, I work full-time at Adobe Systems. You know, They're the ones who made Photoshop, Lightroom, a lot of the popular tools that creative people use today to create digital content. As a result of just working at that company for a while, I have had a chance to expand my the kind of work that I do outside of Georgia Tech computer science and you know my day-to-day professional work stuff. So you know I, I dabble in podcasting, do photography, basically experimentation with a lot of different digital, expression. And that's, you know, one of my hobbies. I'm also really interested in Muay Thai. I'm a mixed martial artist. I do Muay Thai and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I guess another fun fact about me is I'm training to run the marathon in Thailand in December. So I've got to get on a running schedule to go over there later this year. Oh, wow. We had talked about this before. We're in educational technology together and you were going to do your project as a podcast on health and fitness is that kind of background you have in Muay Thai and all that what inspired that idea? Yeah, exactly. A couple of years ago I I started to do Muay Thai and really push myself physically. I was never really out of shape, but I knew that I wasn't a star athlete either and martial arts helped me bridge the gap between wanting to exercise and actually exercising. So a lot of times everybody wants to get fit, but they give up before they get they get there. Right. Yeah, things like running on a treadmill may not be super fun. <laughs> exactly. It's just boring. So for me, martial arts helped me bridge that gap and now I'm on a roll, you know, running half marathons and training and I want to try to capture that in a podcast. Uh, so that'll be what my project is about. Great. So what got you started into podcasting? Well, I had always listened to podcasts growing up. Uh, I remember when iTunes first came out around 10 years ago, and I would listen to this show with Leo Laporte. It was called This Week in Tech, and it was a, a podcast where he just talked about computers and cool gadgets. And I never really thought about doing a podcast then. Something in my mind thought, well, wouldn't it be cool to one day try to do this and do a podcast. And then roll the clock forward about 10 years. I was at a job and doing pretty well. And I, you know, had saved up enough money to buy some sound equipment. And I thought, hey, maybe I'll try to actually do a podcast and see what happens. And at the time, I was also contemplating a career switch, moving out of out of sales and, and into engineering. And I wanted to to make a podcast that explored career change. 
So the theme of my podcast was interviewing people who had thought they were going to go into a certain field or career and made all the preparations to do that. But then life happened and they went on a different tangent and became very successful doing something else. I did a couple of episodes in that theme, interviewed some folks that I knew and put it out as a podcast. So that's that's kind of how I, I started. Well, what were some of those uh, career changes? Well, one gentleman that I interviewed, his name is Earl Watts. He was my sales manager at Xamarin. Uh, Xamarin was recently acquired by Microsoft last year, but he actually had planned to become a lawyer. Um, he went to school in Colorado, studied for the the exam to get into law school, and basically everything on paper looked good for him to go into the law path. But then he told me that something just didn't feel right, like his, his heart wasn't truly in it. And he met other people who were in law, who were, you know, 10, 20 years ahead of him and basically successful in the field. And uh, he just didn't really feel like that was his crowd, that where he would fit in. And so he did a major pivot and ended up working at Enterprise Rent-A-Car, of all places. He started out as, you know, one of those guys at the desk, just processing uh, rentals, made some extra cash working at the airport, and he worked his way up at Enterprise to become, I don't remember exactly how high he went up, but it was pretty high. He, he was managing one of the branches or something like that. Then he moved to San Francisco, just on a whim, ended up getting a really good sales manager job at, at Xamarin, and basically went from law to software sales over the course of about five years. So you had uh, you had mentioned that when you got started in podcasting that you had gotten some audio equipment. What kind of equipment was that? Yeah, I don't have the list in front of me, but one of the best investments you can make for podcasting is to get a dedicated sound recorder. I use a Tascam DR40. I think I think it's called the Tascam DR40, but the company is Tascam. And they make these handheld recorders with really good microphones in them. So you can actually go walk up to different sound sources, capture audio. You can even use it as an interview microphone. Just hold it up to somebody's mouth as they talk. It's like a hardware uh, microphone or a hardware recorder then. So you, you would, it would be like the middleman between your microphone and your computer if you were doing if you were recording directly on your computer so that you have like a backup. Is that right? Actually, when, when I do my own podcast recordings, I don't record onto the computer directly. I find that computers, unless you're working on a really high quality rig with a great microphone that was built for the computer, there's a bit of a loss in the audio quality going straight into the computer. The nice thing about the Tascam DR40 is it has these, these analog jacks that you can plug in your analog microphones to. That op opens up a whole world of, of opportunity I think today the digital technology is better where you can get a really good digital microphone that just plugs into a USB or something, but they're really expensive. I got a fantastic analog microphone for $100 and hooked it up into this DR40. It just allowed me to capture beautiful sound. This microphone, you can see it being used in music videos. You know, singers use it to record their sound. So having it 
a dedicated device that can communicate with an analog microphone takes your podcast game to to a whole new level. Oh wow! Yeah, I mean, we're we're not going to have access to that <laughs> that much <laughs> high quality sound equipment for just a semester project. But I did go out and get a uh, a budget microphone that was pretty highly reviewed. It's a CAD U thirty seven. Um, that's what everyone's hearing now. So let's see what people think about it. <laughs> the sound quality is good. I mean, even in the software that we're using, the Zencaster, I mean, it's done quite a good job at allowing us to work in a distributed team, but yet capturing the audio raw so then we can easily edit it and put it together in the situations where you don't have the interviewee in person, right? This is a, a great option. I'm quite surprised how Zencaster, how well it handles recordings. Yeah, technology changes so fast. You know, when, when I got into podcasting, this was about two years ago, and podcasting was still on the rise. You know, it's always been pretty popular, but just in the last couple of years, we've seen a huge uptick. And I'm sure that the technology has really improved. Like Zencaster, I had no idea that Zencaster was around. What are some of the sort of mistakes that you that you did that, that you think a lot of first-time podcasters do? A couple of simple mistakes. One is just in recording the audio, so it's a technical mistake. Definitely, if, if you have a good microphone, you need to get one of those filters that you put in front of the microphone to stop air from hitting the mic as you talk. So if you say the letter P or speak really loudly into the mic quickly, um, this this filter will prevent your audio from peaking. And you definitely want to avoid peaking because that's when the volume of your sound goes beyond what your microphone has been calibrated to handle and you totally lose that information and you can't recover it. So you want to stop that from happening. A lot of people don't use that filter and you can hear it in the recording and it, it sounds like somebody's punching the mic every time they say potato, potato. <laughs> it's a pop filter, right? I actually got one of those. There's like two options. There's either a foam that goes over the top of the whole mic or you have like a like a disc filter that goes in front. Um, yeah, I, I got one of those. They're, they're actually pretty cheap. I think I got mine for like five bucks. Um, and it makes a difference. I, I tested it immediately and I tried, you know, saying some lines like the Peter Piper, you know, uh, and, and it, it makes a huge difference. It's noticeable. It's worth it for five bucks for sure. Definitely. The next mistake I would advise folks to think about is when you're interviewing people for your podcast, it's tempting to send questions to the interviewee ahead of time, thinking, okay, it'll help prepare them for the, the interview and we'll have better answers. But in my experience, when you send the questions ahead of time, first, a lot of people don't even look at them because they're really busy and they probably aren't going to spend too much time preparing. But if they do, it sometimes uh, makes their answers sound rehearsed or canned. And that's not what you want to do in a podcast that's trying to capture an authentic response. My advice would be to, to send maybe a couple sentences about what the podcast will be about, but just leave the questions open. Do you do any type of preparation beforehand or, you know, maybe a little bit of a research on the interview or anything like that? I assume you wouldn't just want to go in empty-handed, more or less. <laughs> yeah, I definitely would do my research ahead of time. Since my podcast was about professional development, I would go in and, and look at each person's LinkedIn profile, just look at their different jobs, their educational background, and get an 
idea of what motivates this person. And as I'm doing that, I'm also writing down questions that I have in my head. Like, why did this person change jobs here? Or, that's interesting, they only worked for six months at this company. I wonder what happened there. And when I go into the interview, I remember to touch on some of these topics. You have to be flexible too, because sometimes the storyline of the interview goes in a different direction. And you can bring it back to your original line of questioning, but sometimes it's more valuable to just go down the rabbit hole and explore a little side plot with the interviewee, one that you had not anticipated. So there's a bit of preparation involved, but there's also the willingness to just kind of go with the flow and throw out some of the stuff you prepared and just act on your feet. That's great. This is part of We've been trying to figure out for your interview and uh, the future interviews as well. And it's a great advice. And uh, I, I think another question is, is sometimes you start an interview and it goes for a little bit longer than what you expected. And how would you usually wrap up or like uh, give a signal to the interviewee that, um, you know, the time is up, we got to wrap up? How, how would you do it graciously? So you can start to sense when an interview should end. Like in your mind, your your brain is really good at following a storyline and asking questions to flesh out details of that story. And there comes a point when you just feel like you've done enough and the story has, there's enough, enough facts in the story for a good podcast. And maybe you sense the the person you're interviewing is running out of stuff to talk about. That's a great time to wrap things up. So you can say, well, we're, we're coming up on time, and this has been a fantastic interview. I'm, I'm really glad that we had a chance to talk. I was wondering if there was any advice you would want to give to our listeners about career change or podcasting or whatever the topic is. Just You can leave an open-ended question there. And a lot of times, people you're interviewing love to have a chance to answer an open-ended question like that because it lets them go in any direction they want. And it allows them to really reveal who they are uh, inside. So for, for my interviewees, when I asked that question, I would get answers all across the board. Like, plan things out, but don't be afraid to take the leap and make a career change. Or make sure you get mentors and ask them about things to do to improve your career. Stuff like that. So it's, it's a great open-ended question. I would definitely recommend ending with some kind of open-ended question like that. That's a good advice. I actually did a little bit, I mean, a lot (laughs) of research about podcasting uh, since this is my, you know, this is my first experience podcasting and Vlad's as well, uh, you know, for assignments one, two, three, and four for, for educational technology. I've basically been doing research on some other podcasts and what makes a successful podcast. And one really crucial interview a tip that I saw. And he had said, don't ask just yes, no questions, you know, ask those open-ended questions because that's what leads to interesting content or ask about projects or background on experiences. So that's, that's really good advice. So what do you think makes a good podcast in terms of production? I mean, once the interview's over, you've now got all this raw audio that you've got to deal with. Sure. That, that's where all the hard work comes. The interview is the actual easy part. I think most of the effort comes in post-production. You need to add your intro audio, remove noise from the sound recording. And if you really want to get nitpicky, 
go into your audio and remove all the ums or the buts or the the awkward pauses. You know, an interview is a fluid, organic thing. Sometimes there's an interruption in your interview or, you know, somebody opens the door and says something and you catch that on audio. You got to remove that stuff. It's totally fine to remove it um, because you're, you're trying to deliver an experience to your listener. Uh, and they want the content. They don't want all this other junk that's in the audio. So that's a lot of hard work too. And then also you're going to end up listening to that interview like three or four times. And you'll want to decide if certain parts of it are necessary or not. Sometimes you may find the interview goes really long and maybe the interviewee went on a tangent that you thought was good, but it's not really important for the podcast. You got to cut that out. So it's all in the post-production and the editing and the clipping and putting things together. That's where all the effort is. Okay. Yeah. You had said that, uh, I think, what was it? Every 20, 30 minutes of interview is two to three hours of post-production. Yeah. That's a good rule of thumb. So Nick, when you're doing post-production, what software do you use? The tool that I use is called Adobe Audition. And I'm a little biased because I work at Adobe, but I was using the tool before I started working there. And I, I think it's one of the best tools on the market for pure audio editing. So it's that's the tool I use, but there are a lot of other ones out there like GarageBand. If you're on a budget, then there's Audacity as well. Since I have no experience with podcasting prior to this, and uh, neither does Vlad, we were kind of experimenting between Audacity and GarageBand. We both use Macs, so uh, you know we had access to GarageBand. I started out with Audacity, and I, I, I think diehard podcasters are going to kill me for this, but I think it's a little dated, and it has a much steeper learning curve than GarageBand did from my perspective. So we're going to be using GarageBand for this, but I'd love to check out the Adobe software for this, so... You know, I'll see if they have a free trial or something like that. Do you have any other tips or advice for new podcasters? Yeah, I, I think the most important thing is to choose a podcast theme that you're really interested in. The technical things and the techniques you use to ask questions and stuff like that, that'll all work itself out. As long as you're really passionate about the topic you're investigating you'll want to make podcasts and you'll want to become better and you'll want to invest more heavily into it and push it forward. If you're just doing a podcast on a topic you, you're sort of only passionate about or maybe you just think it'll be a popular topic, then it's not going to do as well because your heart won't be in it. So I think the most important piece of advice is just to choose a topic that you would make podcasts about, even if nobody was listening. You're just having fun and creating something that, that will last and you can listen to in the future. Just have conversations you'd like to have kind of a thing. Yeah. That's good advice. So we have one last question for you before we wrap up. Uh, what is your favorite OMSCS class so far? So far, my favorite class is Knowledge-Based AI with Professor Goal. I took that one in the fall of 2016, and that was my first real introduction to artificial intelligence concepts, and I just loved the project that we had to do. Uh, we had to build an intelligent agent that could solve IQ puzzles, and uh, for me, it was a little bit scary because I wasn't sure if I could actually survive through the, the more advanced projects as we started to use 
like more AI algorithms, but I figured it out and it was really challenging and I ended up getting an A in the course. So I, I had a good time. It was great. So far, KBA has been my favorite as well. So I uh, totally agree with you on that one. So that's it for today. Thanks a lot, Nick, for being here with us. And we look forward to hearing your uh, semester project for educational technology as well. Thank you, Nick. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is it for today, friends. Thank you for listening. Same as last week, please take a moment to answer our short survey. We will surely be giving away some tokens with it. Till next week, everyone.